You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. It is good to have you on today. But before we go any further, we want to recognize our sponsor, Dandy Blend. Dandy Blend is a <laughs> herbal drink that gives you all the benefits of dandelion in an instant. It's organic, it's all natural, and it's caffeine-free, and it will make your babies born naked, from what I understand, <laughs> Wade. I might make you grow hair in strange places, too. Yeah. I really don't know. Make your babies be born naked, but also with a full coat of fur all over the body, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, the story behind that, they don't sponsor us. Nobody sponsors us, Wade. Who would be? Who would make that kind of marketing blunder? <laughs> I was in uh, Dillwyn. I was in Dillwyn, Virginia at a Amish market, and I saw that, and I bought it kind of as a joke, and I started drinking it a little bit, and uh, I can't tell that it's done any good for me, but I feel like I'm eating and getting my dandelion dose. There you go. I never that got sounds like a good uh, pipe tobacco blend. Well, and dandelion blend. I'm almost 48 years old and I've gone 47 years without dandelion. But now, now <laughs> at this age in life, I'm, I'm a, my dandelion levels are back to normal. Yeah. Your, your parasite level is also very low now, right? I'm, I'm ringworm free. <laughs> wow. All right. How you been Wade? Very, very good. It has been very, very wet here. I know it's been very wet where you're at. We are, this is the fourth wettest spring thus far that we've had on record. And uh, so our yard is nothing but a swamp. I'm sure yours is the same way. I bought a tractor and a rotary tiller for it. And I was all set to put in a great big new garden this year. And man, it looks like I own a rice paddy and not a garden. I mean, there's no way I'm going to be able to plow that up for a while. Yeah. Man. Wow. Well, let's get right to our topic because we have a lot to talk about. Um, our topic today is on the subject of Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism. If you are on Twitter or on social media, you probably have seen the debates in recent months over this subject of Christian nationalism. Um, it really kind of got heated up and built up. Uh, over a book that was recently published last year by Stephen Wolf, and the name of that book is A Case for Christian Nationalism. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people who see the name of our podcast, the Patriot Pastors Podcast, would think, okay, if there are any Christian nationalists, these two men, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith, must be Christian nationalists. Uh, I don't think so. Now, uh, let me really quick give you a definition of Christian nationalism by Stephen Wolf, who is the author of A Case for Christian Nationalism. His definition is this. Christian nationalism is a totality of national action consisting of civil laws and social customs conducted by a Christian nation in order to procure or obtain for itself both earthly and heavenly good in Christ. That's his definition. 
you just recently found a set of decrees by what is called the Watchman Decree. Read, read to us some of those right. decrees. The, the Watchman Decree, um, and I stumbled across this search in Christian nationalism, and this decree was being read by a group of evangelical Christians at some meeting in Atlanta. It was like the collective group was reading. I've never heard of the Watchman Decree. So I looked it up and I'll read it to you briefly. And then under it, I'll read the declarations. I I think there's 13. I'll read you a few of them. Here's the, here's the decree. We, the church are God's governing body on the earth. All right. Time out. I disagree with that. I I can't just read these without commentary. (laughs) Yeah. The church governs the church. The church doesn't govern the nation or the world. We were given legal power and authority from heaven. We are God's ambassadors and spokesmen over the earth through the power of God and his, we are his world influencer because of our covenant with God, we are equipped and delegated by him to destroy every attempted advance of the enemy. The problem with this decree is that you're applying a spiritual matter that a spiritual promise and you're applying it to a physical nation. Mm -hmm. And so if you think I'm stretching that, let me read you some of these declarations, declaration one, two, and three, I'll sum up in this. They decree over the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch that they only write biblical and constitutional laws and only give biblical and constitutional rulings. Then they declare that they stand against wokeness, the occult, and every evil attempt against our nation. So wokeness and the occult are lumped in together. Mm-hmm. And then it says we take back our God-given freedoms according to our Constitution. Then you skip on down here, and that makes this odd statement in, in number seven. They declare we decree that we take back and permanently control positions of influence in leadership in each of the seven mountain and seven mountains are capital S capital M. I have no idea what they're talking about. Then you go on. Here's, here's where things get really wacky. I've got problems already, but their eighth declaration is we decree that the blood of Jesus Christ covers and protects our nation. It protects and separates us for God. This is so wacky. So outlandish. They're saying that the blood of Christ was for America as a nation. Hmm. Then after declaring the blood of Christ over our entire nation to separate America for God, which is just weird. Number nine, we declare our nation is energy independent. Well, you declare that all you want. We're still buying oil from overseas. And then they make the 10th declaration. This is so wait, this is just ludicrous. We declare that America is strong spiritually. They're not strong financially. We're not strong militarily. We're not (laughs) strong technologically. We're not. I mean, we're good in some of those areas, but spiritually we're in the toilet. Right, right. And then they go on to say there's there's 13 of these. Number 12 says I'm skipping a couple here. We decree that we will operate in unity going beyond denominational lines in order to accomplish the purpose of God for our nation. This is the real problem with Christian nationalism. It Mm -hmm. elevates your allegiance to a nation 
beyond denominational lines and denominational lines would better be titled doctrinal lines. Right. They're different right. denominations because we have different believing beliefs on doctrine. And then their 13th, their, their final declaration under this watchman decree is we decree that America shall be saved. God never promised to save America. No, nor give us energy independence for crying out loud. Right. The Bible was written when everything was running on horsepower, literal <laughs> horsepower. Yes. <laughs> Where he was generated by fire. <laughs> and, and somehow they've taken from God's own word and declared that we'll have our own oil and our own energy. Yeah. Wait, that's just weird. It's wacky. I mean, this is not. This is just weird. I mean, these people are weird. Yes. That reference you made about the seven mountains, that that comes from Revelation chapter 17 and verse 9. And uh, it is is called the seven mountain mandate. It's part of a dominionism movement. Followers claim that the biblical base for that movement is derived from Revelation chapter 17 and verse 9. And there it reads, here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. So that's where the reference of the seven mountains come from. Oh, <laughs> like you say, it's a very weird. So how degree. many mountains we've got the Ozarks and the Washita's here in Arkansas. We got <laughs> yeah. the Appalachians and the Rockies and the Sierras. I got five yeah. mountains in America. Have we got seven. We got another know. mountain range, Wade. Ad- Adirondacks. Is oh. that part of the a- Appalachian though? Let's count it. Let's count it. We're, we're at six. <laughs> Oh, man. Come on, Wade. We're one mountain away from being uh, in the book of Revelation itself. How about our Hawaii? Boom. There's a mountain range in Hawaii. Boom. That's, that's it. That's it's the it holy right nation. It's a holy yeah. nation, Wade. Yeah. Once we uh, took over Hawaii, that made it right there. 1959, America became a godly nation. And, and that is Christian nationalism in a nutshell. It is reading our nation into scripture. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Christian nationalism. All of a sudden, America has a scriptural basis for existing. Yeah. And once you do that, now you've elevated your country to the level of scripture, to the level of God's promises to a nation. Mm -hmm. And I have always been cautious about not applying the, the promises of God in the Old Testament to physical Israel not applying right. them to me, you know, uh, second yes. Chronicles seven fourteen, uh, you know, if you'll call cry out, I'll hear from heaven and heal your land. Mm-hmm. God never promised to give Harold Smith an acre of ground. Right. And so I, I can't claim that promise in the sense that God will heal my land. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. if, if I could, I would be like, God dry out my garden spot. Spring <laughs> is coming. The rains have descended upon us, oh God, you know. Uh, you know what he would tell you? He would tell you, put a tarp over it, son. <laughs> he would say, for a time such as this, I have put you on the earth. <laughs> yeah. He yes. would say, springtime and harvest have existed before you, and they'll exist after you. That's right. Yeah, so they have about four different main, um, I guess you could say, uh, major points that they would hold to. Yeah. And number one, they would believe a Christian nationalist would believe that America is a divine nation. It has a divine origin that God himself raised America up. Now, 
you and I would agree to that to an extent, okay? America is here because God has divinely raised her up yeah. uh, to separate herself from England. Yeah. Um, God allowed us to win the Revolutionary War, and yeah. you could easily read into that that through God's providence, men like George Washington survived you know, yeah. uh, the French and Indian War and the Revolutionary War. Right. Um, so, yeah, but, we could say that, but, but not Wade, to the extent of what divinely origin that they're taking it to. Well, Wade, think about it this way. God divinely raised up Babylon to judge Israel, to carry them off captive. Mm-hmm. He made that clear to Nebuchadnezzar when he said, it wasn't you that did this, it was me. So for That's seven right. years, you're going to go out and live like a, like a beast. Yes. Well, then he raises up King Cyrus to judge and rule over Babylon. I mean, God mm-hmm. raises nations and tears down nations. Every nation that currently exists, exists at the creation and pleasure of God for his purpose. Yes. None right. of them, none of them are promised to endure um, anything spectacular. You know, it's sure. like 1776. God made a new covenant with the founders of America. Yeah. I right. don't think so. Right. Friend. Well, that, that's another point to their to their belief system here is that they not only believe that there is a divine origin with our country, but they also believe that the founding fathers were all Christian and uh, that this resurgence of Christian uh, Christendom in our country is going to be established by white Christian males. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Now. They're off very far in saying that our founding fathers, all of our founding fathers were Christian. Yeah. There's, there's no way. Um, a, a vast majority of them, we could say, were probably not Christian. Yeah. A minority of them, if you really look into their theology of what they believed, were Christian. Yeah. Now, I will say that uh, they were deists to to some extent that they believed that there was a higher authority they believed maybe in in god um that they knew that the government was under that authority but for them to believe uh as far as a christian is concerned we just don't see that yeah uh, you look at ben franklin and the lifestyle that he lived uh jefferson. jefferson right yeah yeah it, America had a lot of people who had Christian background because the American colonies were, were largely populated with people who wanted religious freedom. Mm-hmm. They came here because of religious persecution. A lot of them did not all of them. A lot of them did, but it was a devoutly religious society, but a religious society doesn't necessarily translate to a Christian society. Right. Look at old Testament Israel. They kept all these laws and festivals. Their lips spoke the things of God, but their hearts were far from him. Mm-hmm. So it's just being a religious society doesn't make you a Christian society. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So they're, they're off base there to say that every founding father was a Christian, a devout Christian. Not so. Another thing that they hold to is this, that other ethnicities coming into our country must bow down to the God of America. Whoa. Now you talk about a lot about liberty of conscience. That's an overstep, is it not? Oh, big time. Big time. The, 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 the reason that people came here was for 
religious liberty. Mm-hmm. And so you had these initial colonies and you take the Massachusetts Bay Colony. You know, we always talk about the pilgrims and the Puritans and all this, but they regulated their colony according to their own laws and dictates. So if you were a Baptist and you ended up in Massachusetts Bay, you were just as wrong as if you were a Catholic. Yeah. So people like Roger Williams and John Clark, they ended up on a little track of land we know today as Rhode Island. They wrote a royal charter and they chartered a new colony and different from every other colony that that Britain ever had. This colony was the first to have no religious mandate. In other words, it was not operated by the Puritans. It was not operated by the Church of England. It was not operated by the Presbyterians or the Catholics. This was a church where religious liberty was allowed for everybody. No religious charter, no official religion for the colony. Mm-hmm. You look at every other kingdom in the world at that time. You had the Church of England. You had the Church of Scotland. You had the Dutch Church. You had the Church of Holland. You had the German Church or the Lutheran Church. You had the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. To have a piece of ground and not have an official church attached to it was odd. Mm-hmm. Well, William Penn had a big tract of land called Penn's Woods. We know it today as Pennsylvania. He also said, look, we're going to do ours the same way. We're not going to have religious requirements here. So when the Quakers fled out of Europe for religious persecution, they end up in Pennsylvania. And even today, we would call them Pennsylvania Dutch. I mean, they have their own dialect because they were going there for religious freedom. Mm-hmm. But, but Wade, when, when people go there, this is a new concept in, in, in history of the world to right. have this kind of religious freedom under this empire. So when that all takes place, they're not mandating that you be Christian. When you look at these founding fathers to say this was some kind of a Christian nation is ludicrous. There were Hindus there. There were Muslims there. There were all sorts of other religions that were not Christian mm-hmm. found within these colonies. Rhode Island and Pennsylvania. Right, right. I, I want to read to you uh, some excerpts from an article, well, really a book review that Kevin DeYoung wrote uh, concerning this book by Stephen Wolf, The Case for Christian Nationalism. The, the title of his book review is this, The Rise of Right-Wing Wokeism. The Rise of Right-Wing Wokeism. And you and I talked about this just briefly beforehand, but I think what we're seeing here with this rise of this Christian nationalism is a is a overcorrection where they're seeing that our nation drifting far left. They're wanting to get back not in the road. They're wanting to take it off to the other side of the ditch. And this is just a, a really, I think he's right in the title. This is a, a right-wing wokeism in a sense. And he says here that uh, the message of the book that ethnicities shouldn't mix, that heretics can be killed, that violent revolution is already justifiable, and that what our nation needs is a charismatic Caesar-like leader to raise our consciousness and galvanize the will of the people. Now, we'll talk about that kind of one by one, uh, piece by piece there. In his book on uh, on page one eighteen, uh, Stephen Wolf says that the mark of nationalism is that each people group has a right to be for itself, and that no nation is composed of two or more ethnicities. Whoa, that's pretty uh, 
it sounds xenophobic, honestly. Really? I mean, it, there's no part of, of Christian in that. No. That to have a Christian nation, well, you, you, you have to have just really one ethnic, uh, ethnicity. Well, I wonder, I wonder what mankind looked like in the Tower of Babel. You know, they all had mm-hmm. the same dad. There were four women and four men that got off of Noah's Ark. We got a real limited gene pool here. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. can all trace their lineage back to one man named Adam, one woman named Eve. And God didn't separate them at the Tower of Babel by their skin color. He separated them by their language. Mm-hmm. He confounded their speech so they could not communicate. And then when God sends the gospel into all the world, what's the one miraculous thing that he does? He allows his apostles who preach on the day of Pentecost to be heard in every language present. Right. It would appear to me that God never separated anybody by skin color. He separated them by language. And if we're going to be gospel driven, the gospel goes into every kindred tribe, tongue, tongue and nation. Yes. So if the gospel is available for all nations and mankind only knows one race, the race of Adam, the human race, then it would seem to me this is nothing but a racist ploy to keep people divided, to maintain control over a group of people. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would think a third grade Sunday school student could see through this. Sure, sure. It, it seems to me, and Kevin DeYoung points this out, that his main concern is about immigration policy for our, our nation. You and I would, would again agree that we do not believe in the immigration policy that is in no. place right now under the Biden administration, where and it's a free for all. It needs to be said Jesus was not an immigrant. Right. He owned the earth. He created the whole place. Everywhere he set his foot was his. Exactly. Um, And I I believe that they're getting this one ethnic from, again, looking at the Old Testament Israel and God telling Israel, you do not intermarry. You do not, uh, you know, find a foreign wife. Or if you do, you'll be prone to worship their gods. But again, you're implementing Old Testament Israel on America today, and that's that is a no-no um, exegetically. I I would think, and I I firmly believe, but that's where they're getting that from. Um, Wade, it's a no-no. You still got young kids in the house. It's a no-no. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and I think I'll be like fifty-six years old when my uh, seven-year-old graduates. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's. Crazy. Now, understand to a point. Now, here's what I'm getting at, that the more ethnic groups come in, you lose that American culture. You lose that American identity. For instance, I believe that in 50 years, the holiday that we celebrate as Thanksgiving will probably be no more in the sense that uh, it is seen as today something oppressing that the pilgrims came in and they inevitably threw out all the Indians and made slaves out of them and ran them out of their home. I mean, even today in public schools, you know, kids are not allowed to dress up as a Native American, you know. And so you see this losing this American culture, losing our American identity, and you want to recoil and say, hey, we don't need to have any more ethnicity groups 
in our country. Um, but that's not Christian, not at all. Uh, so that's his, his view on that. A very, very strong view about the well, different ethnic groups. I, I think it's clear that Christian nationalism is neither Christian nor national. I mean, mm-hmm. when you try to blend a, a nation other than Israel, that's the only nation that God's made any kind of promises to in regards to land, keeping them around, uh, whatever your, your eschatological view, you still end up with this idea that Israel's the only nation. He said, this is my chosen nation, right? I've chosen right. you out of all the, the people of the earth. Once you step outside of that, you really have no solid footing to say, oh, God chose and he promised to do this, this, and this. But what you're seeing is an elevation of a nation to a spiritual religious level. Mm-hmm. Now you're worshiping the state instead of the God who rose up and created the state. Yes. This exactly. is what you see under dictators. This is what Hitler taught about Germany, that they were, you know, the 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 last great wide hope. You know, they were the thousand, they were going to usher in the the thousand year reign, the third Reich. And, yeah. Um, this yeah. ideology of of elevating a nation to the level of God's status or God's blessing upon it is just ludicrous. And when you try to implement God's laws into a lost society, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. God's laws only work on those who love God. If you don't love God, you will not love his law. David said, I delight in thy law because David loved God. The Bible says yes. the man after God's own heart. But the ways of God to the lost are, are, are troublesome. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. That's only if you love God, Yeah, you, know, you can't make laws and make religious people. God has to change their heart mm-hmm. exactly. and, and for their decree to decree the salvation of America. This nation has no interest in the things of God, right? And for them to make these kind of statements and people that have this viewpoint, I think it's really just elevating a political ideology to the level of religion, attaching God to it, and you've ruined nationalism, you've ruined Christianity, you're not American, you're not Christian, you're some kind of hybrid that ruined both. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's there's nothing at all Christian about uh, Stephen Wolf's assertion that uh, we're to love only people who look like us were to ostracize people who do not look like us. Um, there's nothing Christian about that. No. Again, we're not uh, saying that the immigration policy now is, uh, is, is healthy for our country. Not, we're not saying that, but God is allowing those people to, to move here. And to those that come, we are to love and yeah. we are to share the gospel with yeah. and prayerfully. We'll see those who genuinely come to faith in Christ, not that, that we make them bow the knee and, um, you know, go make back, them Christian. We can't that do that. Decree. Yeah, go back to that decree. Their first three decrees were for the legislative, the executive, and the judicial branch. Mm-hmm. Our salvation's not coming from a government. Right. We're not going to see true revival in this country by getting Congress back. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? Our salvation comes from Christ and Christ alone. His blood wasn't shed for a nation. His blood was shed for those whom he foreknew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he died. He came into his own and his own received him not. But then you look and you see that Christ said he gave his life a ransom for many. 
Yes, he exactly. Knew who he was dying for, and it wasn't the nation of America. If it was, man, I think he got ripped off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God gave His own life for this this junk heap of a country. Right. And I don't say that in running down our country. I'm saying what's going on in our country is not what Christ died for. Exactly. That's right. Uh, his his view of ecclesiology, uh, his doctrine of the church is is off as well. Stephen Wolf's, who I'm referring to, he said this: um, the Christian nation is the spiritual kingdom of Christ. Whoa. Again, he's so far off base there. Um, he holds to a two-kingdom theology, and a lot of this goes back to, it has to, goes back to his eschatological view, his eschatology, his end times view. And no doubt he's a post-millennialist who believes that uh, you're going to usher in the kingdom of God by Christianizing the world. Um, whoa, th- this is troublesome to me. Oh. And somehow creating this theonomy, this government that is run by God <laughs> and God's people. Uh, you know, uh, Jerry uh, Falwell did more than just give us Lu- Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Falwell also showed us that the ma- moral majority will not work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Jerry Falwell, we're going to show up and all of us Christians are going to vote in Christian laws and Christian leaders. And we're going to, we're going to take back America by the ballot box. How did that work for us? Yeah, it didn't. Right. I go back and you and I were talking beforehand. And I think about Pat Robertson from the 700 club, you know, God told him that Mitt Romney was going to win the election and <laughs> all you Christians can, can take a deep breath. Cause God's going to give us a Mormon. Yeah. How's that a help to give us a Mormon? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like like our saviors now coming from Joseph Smith. But <laughs> Mitt Romney didn't win the election. He didn't. No. And even if he had have won the election, it would have had no bearing on God's redemptive purpose in Jesus Christ. He came to save his people from their sins. And that's not a nation. That's a group of people whom God knows that he's going to reach through the proclamation of the gospel. And the solution to this is not laws, it's not Congress, it's not the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The solution to all this is the spreading of the gospel mm-hmm. to all areas of the earth so that the fullness of the Gentiles comes in and the Lord returns and receives his church unto himself and we forever be with him. Our kingdom's not of this world. If it was, we would fight for it. Right. Another issue that he raises, gynocracy. He says we live at that not in Arkansas language. I don't know what <laughs> that sounds like a female doctor. It's a rule by women. Oh, that is like a female doctor. Yeah. He says, uh, this may not be apparent on the service since men still run many things, but the governing virtues of America are feminine vices associated with certain feminine virtues, such as empathy, fairness, and equality. So he sees gynocracy as, um, a threat. And biblically speaking, I would say to some degree he's correct, but um, that's not the main problem with our country. Okay, uh, for for lack of uh, because of lack of time, we'll just end it with this. You've referenced this already earlier in our episode. How would you define Christian nationalism? Would you say that 
our podcast is a Christian nationalist uh-huh. podcast. No, and, and, and the reason being is we don't blend church and state. We don't merge them together. You can be a mm-hmm. Christian and you can be patriotic. And I would say you can be a Christian and serve in the military. You can be a Christian and fight for your country. But our fighting for the country, I served in the military. Don't regret that. Would do it again if I had it to do all over again. Mm-hmm. But I have an obligation on the earth to be in society and to be a Christian in that society. My goal is not to make a Christian society. My goal is to be salt and light, light in a dark world, salt in a rotten world. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, I serve in my community. I, I, I would go to war for my country. I want America's best interest. I want to live in a nation of peace and prosperity. But this nation is its success, its rise, its fall has nothing to do with us being the promised Messiah nation of God for end time purposes, because we're a Christian nation, because of blah, 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 blah. I'm never going to merge church and state and blend them together. Right. Right. The church rules over the church. The nation rules over the citizens of its nation. Each rule, each, each person, whether they're government or whether they're church has a scope to that. Mm-hmm. When I pastored Lee Creek, the scope of my authority ended at the membership role of Lee Creek. Yes. As a citizen of America, my scope doesn't apply in Russia or, or in Amsterdam or, or somewhere else in some other city or state. My, my citizenship and my rights and my responsibilities only apply here. When yes. you merge those two together, you ruin the nation and you ruin Christianity. Very, very well said. So there you have it. The Patriot Pastors Podcast is not a Christian nationalist movement or anything uh, uh, to be a part of that. We are Christians who just so happen to be patriotic. Yeah, we love our country. We love our country, but we love our Lord much more, much greater than our country. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. Harold, once again, it's a blessing. And don't forget, yeah, the Drink Dandy Dandy Blend. Yeah, yep. all yep. the goodness of dandelion in an instant. Hey, didn't Aunt B on Andy Griffith's show drink some of that stuff? I don't know. <laughs> it I know made she, her kind of loopy if I remember. I know correctly. she made bad pickles, and I know <laughs> <laughs> if she had just put a pinch of dandy blend in each jar, they'd have probably been good. <laughs> That's right. We got to go, Wade. Thank all right, take care. In. May God bless you, and may you never fall victim to the doctrine of Christian nationalism. Amen. See you guys on the next episode.